Well, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the message. Uh, we're going to start off with a couple of very serious jokes this morning. Yeah. 2020, um, you, you need to laugh. So I'm trying to help you out. Okay? Now, there's an attempt of trying to help you out. I'm not saying it always works. Okay? So sometimes these jokes are good, sometimes not. You decide. At a golf club, a bunch of men were in a locker room when a cell phone began to ring. A man switched to the hands-free speaker function and began talking to a woman on the other line. The conversation was pretty loud, so everyone in the room could hear, but um, they didn't stop. They, they all stopped and eavesdropped. The woman was calling him honey and asked if he was at the club, and he said, yes, I am honey. And she told him that she was at the mall and she found a beautiful leather coat that was priced $1,000. She asked, is it okay if I just go ahead and buy the coat? He told her, go ahead. The woman said, and stopped at the, she says she stopped at the Mercedes uh, dealership and there's a car that she had really wanted, the new 2020 SUV. It was only $75,000. said, is it all right if I buy that? And he says, yeah, that's fine. The woman said, you know that house that I wanted that was on the market last year? Well, it's back on the market. It's only $950,000. And he said, well, all from $900,000. they exchanged, I love you, I love you. And he hung up the phone. All the men in the locker room were completely astonished. The man smiled and asked, does anyone know whose phone this is? That's good. As an 86-year-old man was out fishing, he was sitting in his boat, and he heard a voice say, Pick me up! He looked around, and he didn't see anyone, and he thought he was dreaming until he heard it again. Pick me up! The old man looked into the water, and there floating on a lily pad was a frog. The man said, Are you talking to me? And the frog replied, Yes, I'm talking to you. Pick me up, and then kiss me, and I'll turn into the most beautiful woman you have ever seen. I'll make sure your friends are all envious and jealous, because... You have such a beautiful bride. The man looked at the frog for a minute in confusion, reached over and picked him up carefully and put him in his front pocket. The frog screamed, what are you nuts? Didn't you hear me? If you kiss me, I'll turn into the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. He said, nah, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> All right. Like I said, you decide if they're funny. <laughs> well, today we're ending our series on loving thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. It's been a, such a great series of just learning how it is that we can truly love people. Just have a, a affectionate love, the love of Jesus Christ towards people. And today I want to talk about valuing others before ourselves. Love thy neighbor. Valuing others before yourself. It's tough. My brother-in-law told me a story. He, uh, we actually planted a church with him in Charlotte, North Carolina. And one story that he told in messages that really stuck out to me was he, uh, he's an amazing cook. So he's from Charlotte. Like this guy can make anything you can imagine. And everything he does tastes so good. Probably lots of butter. Uh, on Thanksgiving, he's great to be around. So anyways, he was making steaks out on the grill and on his way out to the grill, he was like looking at the steaks and kind of thinking about, you know, which steak is going to be his. And so he's sitting there cooking the steaks and he's, 
he's seasoning one of them like he already had the decision, like this one's going to be mine, this one's going to be Shelly's, which is my sister. And he would season one, you know, put butter on the steak, yeah, it all like real nice, and make sure that steak is just perfect. And then Shelly's steak's like, yeah, throw some seasoning on there. <laughs> just kind of get through that. And so, like, it just stuck with me for years. I'm telling you, even today, when I'm cooking on the grill outside, which I don't get to do very often because I'm not very good, which it might be a little bit of, like, I don't want to, so I burn stuff. But anyways, uh, <laughs> when I'm cooking on the grill, the thing that sticks with me is if I'm making burgers or I'm making steaks, do I make the decision of whose steak is going on the grill? Which one am I going to take very good care of? Which one am I going to season really well? Which one am I going to make, you know, just perfect? And which steak am I going to just kind of leave on the burner, flip it over once in a while? Because it just stuck with me. And so sometimes when I come in, I like try to present the steaks to Amy or a burger like, which one do you want, honey? <laughs> you want the big one? Or you want the small one? Which one? You want the small? You want the small, big one? <laughs> it just stuck with me because the thing is, is like valuing others above ourselves is so tough. It's insanely hard to think of others, to put others first. Jesus says to love thy neighbor. You know, love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's it's beautiful. And so to put ourselves in the place of, and to take ourselves off the podium, totem pole and, and actually put somebody else up there to value others above ourselves. Aaron shared this verse last week and it just stuck in my head so much. If you guys want to turn there, it's Philippians 2.3. Philippians 2.3. I'm going to actually go ahead and read um, all of it. Philippians 2. And then we're going to like, Get stuck on three. Philippians. Philippians two three. Therefore, if you have any encouragement, this is uh, Philippians two one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any com common sharing in the Spirit. If any tenderness and compassion. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and one mind. And then so you hear like, here's what I'd love for you to do, Church of Philippi. I'd love for you guys to be of one mind, one spirit, be like-minded, to have Christ as your mindset. But here's how you do it. <laughs> do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Hmm. So the, the selfish ambition, the mortal enemies of unity and harmony in a church are selfish ambitions and vain conceits. It's the mortal enemy of a church growing and being united and being of one spirit. It's the, it's the enemy. <laughs> Let's just say that's the enemy. Because it's really hard to be of one mind and one spirit. But the one thing that will completely take that off the table that a church cannot function in is selfish ambition and vain conceit. So he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Putting others first. 
to think of others. How does this how does this represent somebody else before we say something? Valuing others above ourselves. Set followers of Jesus will see Jesus in others. Have you ever thought about that? That so Jesus lives and resides inside of us? How awesome is it that I get to serve Jesus, which is you? So like, I don't always trust people. I'm going to be really straightforward with you guys. I don't trust people, but I trust the Jesus in people sometimes. And I don't always do that because <laughs> it's tough. But I trust Jesus in you. And I value so much because I see Jesus in you. And so how awesome is it that I get to serve at the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? I get to be his hands and feet, which is serving him, which is serving others, to look at others and valuing others above myself, putting yourself aside. Because Jesus came to serve. He didn't come to be served, right? Right? Jesus came to serve. We're going to be celebrating Christmas here. Like if Jesus came to be served, he would have been born in a castle, not a manger. Right? Jesus came to serve people, to love people, to have compassion on them. Not to be served. He came for the broken. He didn't come for the fixed. He didn't consider his life more valuable than others. In fact, he laid down his life. That's amazing. He says, no greater love than this, that someone that would lay their life down for another. And so you see where Paul's coming from. Hey guys, here's what I'm inviting you into. I want you to be of one mind, to be of one spirit, to love each other like extravagant love where you have compassion for each other, where you have patience for each other. And here's how you do it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In fact, value others above yourself. That's how you do that. I love the message version of this. It says, don't push your way to the front or sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. I just love that. Forgetting ourselves long enough to go like, how can I help you? You get the big stake. You know, I'll take the small one. How can I help you? If Jesus has been anything in our lives, we're going to, in time, become mature enough in our faith that helping people and thinking of others will become natural. If Jesus has done anything in your heart whatsoever, in time, you will become so mature in your faith in your belief in Jesus Christ, that helping others will become something that is just natural. You wake up in the morning and think of others and how you can serve them and love them. But it's not natural. It's not natural. Putting others first is really tough. In fact, we learn a lot of things as a kid, right? Have you ever worked in kids' church before? I have. Have you raise your hand if you worked in kids church? Okay, cool. Lots of kids church people. Great. We're ready for you guys here shortly. It's been my experience working in the toddler room for years that uh, you'll hear one word a lot in the toddler room. 
Mine. That's the word. That's exactly it. Good job. Mine. That is mine. That's my toy. Look, Johnny, that's not your toy. That's the church's toy. <laughs> I love the Tyler room. <laughs> Bring a correction, though. Just joking. Johnny never listens. Uh, it's mine. It's hard to grow out of this, even as Jesus says to Korah. We are brought up in this world that is supposed to be mine, mine, mine. That's my job. How dare you step on my toes? That's mine. That's my responsibility. That's my ministry. That's, that's what I do. This is mine. But then Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy. In fact, value others above ourselves. Like that word mine goes away the more that we have Jesus Christ in our life. The more we realize how much he served us, the more we read our word and it's like, man, our eyes just open up. Wow, Jesus just gave everything to people. Not only on the cross, but his entire life. Just serving people, people that didn't understand it, people that ridiculed him. He loved them and he just served them. So this looks like is there, if there's a tough assignment at our work. Instead of showing up late because we don't want to do it. We show up early and think, man, how can I serve my co-workers and love them like I would love Jesus? You know, how can I do that? What's a way that I can serve others? What's a way that I can show that I value them more than even myself? Oh, there's tough work to do. There's toilets to be cleaned. Sign me up. Jack Hayford, who uh, is a Foursquare minister, who was actually the director of Foursquare. He said, so I'm talking to anybody that's like thought about ministry and like moving in the, in the world of like planning a church or uh, loving others and so much that you're like pastoring a church and stuff. He said he started every single staff member off for the first two weeks cleaning all the toilets. Because there's this, there's this thing that we have to break in our heart and it's mine. It's this, it's this concept that you are here to serve me as opposed to like, I am here to serve you in any and every way that I can do. We're here to serve. Valuing others above ourselves. When we get home from a really hard day of work, we walk in the door and think, how can I love my family? How can I love the people that live in my house? Even though I've had a tough day, how can I come home and show that they are valued? That's how we can apply this stuff. I think a message like this is, is uh, and I think like every, I don't know what it is, but when, when we talked about loving thy neighbor, I felt like there's, there's like this underlying thing that somebody's trying to get you to do something in every single message. Because it's kind of unnatural to think of others above ourselves, And so it feels like, well, what are you trying to say? Like, I need to do more stuff? And that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm not trying to say that at all. What I'm saying is, is that the more that you fall in love with Jesus, the more your heart will change where you go, you know, I want to love people like I love Jesus Christ. The more you fall in love with him, 
The more your heart changes, the more your lifestyle changes, that it starts to value others above ourselves. Because Jesus came to serve and not serve. And so as we become more and more like Christ, like it says, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, that I live, but it's Christ, it's Christ right here living inside of me. And um, yeah, something like that at the end of it. <laughs> There's something that happens after that. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the more that we fall in love with Jesus, we say, Jesus, just have my life. Every single part of me, this love thy neighbor was not something that like it's forced on us. It's actually something that comes very natural to us. Isn't that awesome? It's so beautiful to think, how can I love other people? That that's a mission. It's a mindset that we wake up in the morning and we're like, man, I want to just love people today. God, would you just draw me to people that you're calling me to love? I think David in the Bible has this down. David's so good. You guys, if you have an opportunity this week in 1 Samuel, I just invite you to read 1 Samuel. There's a lot of war. There's a lot of blood. <laughs> I'm going to let you know now. But David in 1 Samuel, he's anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. The king. And then he goes back out to caring for sheep. Wait a second. But then Saul's like going through some turmoil. And so David goes and plays. Have you guys heard this story? Like David goes and plays the harp. Wouldn't you have loved to have heard David play the harp? As he's playing the harp for Saul to kind of calm Saul down, Saul picks up a spear and rifles it at him. Not only once, but twice. He takes out a spear and throws it at David. I've played some mean honky-tonks in my day, but nobody's ever thrown a spear at me. <laughs> I love playing open mics. This sounds like a really rough open mic to me, David was at. <laughs> so Saul just becomes so envious of David that he's just like, he's doing anything and everything he can to find David to actually kill him. And so many times, if you read 1 Samuel, you'll see that David is actually in an opportunity that he could take Saul's life. And I came across this passage this, this week, this last week, that David comes across Saul and he's out in the middle of a camp and David sees him and everybody's sleeping because God had put them all to sleep, which is nice. You know, if you ever have a problem sleeping, God put me to sleep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the entire camp, his entire army is asleep. And his spear is stabbed right next to his head with his water jug. And so David's friends go, hey, David, you could totally go over there. You know that spear that Saul threw at you two times trying to pin you? This is your time to go pin him. But this is the heart, guys. This is, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. David said, how could I do that to the Lord's anointed? Who am I to address the Lord's anointed, to, to hurt the Lord's anointed? And so what he does is he sneaks over to Saul's camp and he steals the spear and his water jug. And then he runs to a valley, through a valley, to another hilltop and yells out to Saul, Hey, got your spear. And it just broke my heart this week because I was just thinking about that. Like, 
What Jesus did on the cross, when that veil was torn, when Jesus died on the cross for us, the veil was torn, and you are the Lord's anointed. You are the Lord's anointed. His spirit resides in us. It's Jesus in us. How awesome is it that I get to serve the Lord's anointed? That I get to love you as much as I love Jesus. And I get to see Jesus inside of you. And what it will do is it will guard your heart and it will guard your mouth. Man, how, who am I to say that against the Lord's anointed? Put that value of other people so much in our own life. that when we go to work, we think, <laughs> they may not know it yet. My boss may not know it yet. But he or she is the Lord's anointed. I get to serve them. I get to forgive them. That value of other people. Our kids are the Lord's anointed. No matter if they make mistakes or no matter if they're doing great in life, no matter what it takes, they are the Lord's anointed. The people in our family that we sat around with in Thanksgiving, some of them's like, they're the Lord's anointed. Some of them's like, I'm not sure. No, but <laughs> the Lord's anointed. So this is what Paul's talking about. If you want to see unity, if you want to see be of one mind and one spirit, to view each other with such a passion of, wow, I see Jesus in them. How awesome is it that I would be able to serve them? Not out of vain conceit, not out of trying to push my way to the top, but man, I'm just here to serve the Lord. I'm just here to serve the Lord. How many of you want that heart? It's like I said, it's not real natural. It's not something that like you can build up. It's something that Jesus does. It really is. And he doesn't do it in a week. He doesn't do it in a year. He does it in this long span of just learning to love people. So I just invite you today, if you're saying, you know what? I want to wake up tomorrow different. I want to put others in front of myself. I, I really want to just serve people as the Lord would call me to. I want to look at people out of the love of Jesus Christ. Just invite you to put out your hands like you're receiving a gift. I'm just going to invite the Lord to just open our hearts up to that. Holy Spirit, would you just come, come in power, Lord. Lord, would we get beyond ourselves, get beyond bickering, get beyond our agendas get beyond um, our views, <laughs> just everything. Would we get beyond ourselves? And Lord, would you just call us to, 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 uh, to your people, to every single person that's around us, our neighborhood, the people that we are surrounded with, Lord, and just open up our eyes, Lord, open up the ways that we can just serve people around us. Lord, I just pray that you would just change our eyes and our mouths and our hearts to really, truly view people as this is somebody that you love. And how awesome is it that I get to serve them as I love you, Jesus? Put a deep passion in our hearts, Lord, to serve others, 
to value others above ourselves. in this time of prayer, I just want you to know how much Jesus values you. Each one of us, if you're listening online, if you're in this room today, just how much the Lord values you. He gave his entire life for you. He's poured out everything for a relationship with you. And so if you if you just maybe have been walking away from that, or maybe uh, you've never accepted that, that Jesus just truly loves you for who you are, not because of what you do, not because you've done great things, not because of the things that you have done that, that are wrong. But I just invite you today to just realize that the amazing love, to accept the amazing love of Jesus Christ, that he loves us so much. He is for us. He's not against us. He is in your corner and he wants to fill you with his love. He wants to change your life radically like you've never experienced, like, like no drug has ever done, like no relationship has ever done, like no money has ever done. It's Jesus. So I just invite you today to just, just take hold of him. Take hold of him right now, even just saying, Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart and would you fill me with your love? Just take hold of it and grasp it. How wide and how deep his love is for us. He loves you so much. Anything that would want to separate that, any, any thoughts that are coming to mind like, no, he can never love me or... Uh, any thoughts of, I'm just not, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't know that I could even accept this. I just want you to just remove those thoughts right now and just realize Jesus loves you so much. He has chased you down. Maybe he's brought you to a season of brokenness that you would just realize your, your entire hope is in Jesus Christ. It has to be. Just accept his love today. Jesus, I just accept your love. It's real. It's not a facade. It's not by performance. It's just because he loves us. Man.